there are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are golden retrievers. Which means Tubi is more popular than using meat-flavored toothpaste. More popular than never figuring out what W-A-L-K spells. More popular than kicking your leg when a human rubs your belly just right. Tubi, it's more popular than golden retrievers. See you in there. Thankfully, C4 Energy has reinvented the energy drink game with C4 Smart Energy, the only energy drink clinically proven to provide enhanced mental focus. C4 Smart Energy is formulated with 200 milligrams of natural caffeine from green coffee beans plus potassium, niacin, and vitamin B12 to support well-being and help you feel your best, all while promoting fat burn and boosting metabolism. So I have recently tried C4 Smart Energy, and let me tell you, it is giving me a boost. That caffeine is hitting because I have a very short attention span. I get distracted so easily, and I tried it, and I was like, yeah, this is... Is a boost, all right. I love that. Look for smart energy every day in the beverage aisle at your local Target. Go grab a can and share on social media tagging at C4 Energy and the It's Me Tinks podcast to show how smart energy helps you stay focused wherever you are. C4 Smart Energy, stay focused. To know me is to know that I am obsessed with spicy margaritas. Love tequila cocktails? Then check out the award-winning 21 Seeds Infused Tequila. It's a -a one-of-a-kind tequila infused with the juice of real fruit. 21 Seeds is smooth, not sweet. It smells fresh and bright and tastes incredible. Try 21 Seeds Infused Tequila. Learn more at 21seeds.com. Enjoy responsibly. 21 Seeds, Diageo, New York, New York. Good morning, guys. Welcome back to It's Me Tanks. Remember to like and subscribe to the show on the SiriusXM app, Stitcher, Apple, or wherever you get your podcast so that you never miss an episode. Don't forget my live radio show airs every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific on SiriusXM Stars Channel 109. And if you're not a SiriusXM subscriber, you can get a three free three-month trial. Sign up at www.seriousxm.com slash tinksoffer. And obviously want you to call in during the live AMA, but if you can't, you can leave me a voicemail at 866-993-8267 or email me at itsmetinks at seriousxm.com. And don't forget that if you ever want me to talk more about something, throw that diamond emoji up. You can just respond to my story. It doesn't even have to be a piece of my content. Just that's our, that's our secret language because lord knows i love a secret code um i've had a busy week you know it's so funny my brother once said to me he looked at me and he calls me christina when he thinks i'm being ridiculous which is my real name secretly um he was like i was like i'm so busy and he was like it's so boring to say that you're busy people want to hear what you're doing not how you know how you're doing it and I thought that was so interesting he was like I'd love to hear about all the things that that keep you busy but I just don't say that you're busy and that's really stuck with me so um I will tell you what's keeping me so busy this week I launched the live show and guys I swear to god it was like I've said this metaphor and all my friends keep making fun of me because they're like you're so dramatic I swear it was like I was a fish on land and then I was in water it was 
unbelievable. The feeling was euphoric. It was like I was on drugs. It was insane. I, I, it felt so natural and it was just like talking to you guys is what I always imagined. That's what I always wanted. You know, it's so funny. I had like repressed this memory, but when I was at Stanford, there was an intro to radio class and I took it and I pitched a show um, my freshman year when I still had a British accent. I pitched them a radio show for the Stanford network called Bedtime with the Brit, which was giving like relationship and sex advice. Isn't that crazy? Over 10 years ago, that was like the very first iteration. I mean, that's hilarious because at that time, I'm pretty sure I was still a virgin and I didn't know shit about dating, but the intent was there. So that was a cool full circle moment for me. Um, but yeah, it was amazing. And I can't wait to talk to more of you um, in the weeks to come, in the years to come. And um, so I had this funny idea. I was just like dicking around on the internet and they have this um, generator where you can like put in fake band names to show the Coachella lineup. And I was thinking about, you know, all of our terms, like all, all of our private jokey terms um, too, that we have together. And I was like, I'm just going to make this funny poster. And I put it up on Instagram and then everyone was like, you should make a t-shirt. You should make a t-shirt. And I was like, you know what? That's honestly really funny. So we like quickly did a design and um, we, we launched it. But classic classic me I had these these other products that I was planning to drop next month pencils and stickers um and stationery with all my phrases on it somehow that was on the site already so surprise surprise merch drop um but they're all really cute I'm staring at my ESWB which is emotional support water bottle and I'm covered in the tink stickers and it just looks so cute I'm obsessed um what else did I do? I did Kelly Clarkson this week, which was a huge pinch me moment. Like she's so nice um, and cool. And it's just like, it's pretty crazy. Like that moment right before you walk on stage and it's a live audience. Um, I definitely had a pinch me moment there. Um, someone was like, do you get nervous doing all these shows? And I don't, but I do have a lot of anxiety about having something in my teeth or, you know, when your lip gloss kind of curdles <laughs> you know when you get that like white thing in the corner of your mouth like that's my biggest fear but no I, I don't really get nervous about that stuff anymore um went to John's show it was great love sob rock we had a blast it was so fun um had a dinner at the Bel Air Hotel last night which is truly I think one of the most beautiful places on planet earth the food meh, meh, last night um I wanted to do a follow-up, a really interesting, see, this is what I love, like ongoing conversation. So on Wednesday on the live show, we had a, we had a caller, um, Sydney from Seattle, and she was talking about, um, her, her friends, her friend had a boyfriend that no one liked or whatever. So one of my followers wrote in, I will always keep it anonymous. Don't worry. And she said, congrats on the radio show. I have a follow-up other side of the coin question for you from Sydney from Seattle's question. What do you do if you feel like none of your friends are really cheering for your relationship? My boyfriend and I fought a lot in the growing pain stages until we figured out how to communicate with each other better. Now we're so great. The very few times we have issues, it's usually in front of friends because we are drinking. Now I feel super judged and upset like my friends don't think I'm in a good relationship when 95% of the time we're great. Um, and I have two things to say about this. So first of all, yeah, I think it can be really difficult because 
your friends are so sensitive to you, right? They they want the best for you and they're like we had this thing in in my friend group when I was in San Francisco, like we were always like, be careful what you tell the team, right? Because you come home from like a second date and you're like, oh, he did this, this and that and this and that. And then you end up falling in love with him, but your friends remember that stuff. Okay. So table that for a second. So to my follower who wrote in with this follow-up, what I would do is actively communicate with your best friends and tell them because that sucks to feel like, you know, to feel like your friends aren't cheering on your relationship when your boyfriend has made strides in in improving himself. Um, and if you really feel that it's better, I think it's okay to literally go to your friends and go, guys, I know that you saw a lot of weird stuff and I, I complained a lot about whatever his name is um, in the beginning, but things are really good. And here's what else you should do. It's almost more important. Tell them. Tell them the, the good things that he does. Oh, you know, Derek brought me flowers today. Oh, you know, Chad's so good at listening to me. He, you know, he picked up my car when I got it towed or whatever. I don't, I don't know, whatever. Actively show them and like tell them how good a boyfriend he is. Now you don't owe them that, but if you feel like they're not, they don't see him in the right light, then that's how I would approach it. And the second thing that I want to say that is not directly related to this is a really great lesson that I learned recently. So when you're in a relationship, you you often want to vent, right? You often just have um, stuff you want to bitch about, like your partner's annoying you. And who do you go to? Obviously, you go to your friends. But the thing is, that stuff adds up and it do- it can negatively impact your friend's view of your partner. So this is a thing I cannot for the life of me remember where I read this, but it was like when your friend comes to you and they start bitching about their partner, a good thing to ask them is, I'm here for you. I want to listen. Do you just want to vent or do you want advice? It's it was like a wow moment for me. It was like a brain explosion for me because I am so action oriented. I am so my friend Greg says I, I, I'm like a man because I'm, I'm just like, what's the plan? What's the plan? Like, let's make a plan. Let's make a plan. Like, I, I'm, I don't like to just chew things over for a long time. I'm like, let's make a plan to help the situation. So for me, this was a massive unlock because when my friends come to me and they're like, oh, you know, my boyfriend's doing this or that. I'm like, what are you going to do? What's the plan? What's the plan? But sometimes people just need to vent. And that distinction is so helpful, Right. Because then you can just say, no, I, I honestly just really want to bitch about Derek for 10 minutes. Why is it always Derek? What did it, I actually have a cousin named Derek. I don't know why I'm so mean to the Dereks of the world. Um, but you see, guys, how that distinction is really helpful because then because then you can just be like, they just need to let off some steam, normal shit. You know, they're leaving the toilet seat up. They're 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 partying too much. What have you? And then if it's something actually serious, like okay, Derek like hasn't still hasn't gotten a job after six months and he's just playing video games. Like I actually want advice on how to help him. Like then it's a distinction because your friends always want the best for you. And sometimes if you have boyfriend sickness, you can think that they don't want the best for you, whatever, whatever, but they always want the best for you. You just have to be careful what you tell them because they're like sponges. They absorb everything they remember. Um, I can't believe that I'm I'm going to tell this story, but I'm going to tell it. My friends, um, I really hope she doesn't listen to this. My friend in San Francisco, like, came home from sleeping with this guy for a first time. And she was like, you guys, like, 
he's very small. Like we made it work, but he's like, you know, it was really small. And we were like, oh man, like, so sorry. That's, you know, well, you know, it happens, whatever. She was like telling us all this stuff about the sex and how it was like really bad and whatever. Not because it was small. It's not to say that if you have a small dick, you can't be good in bed. Please don't come for me. But it was just like this really funny, like, typical Saturday morning like we're all sitting in the kitchen eating bagels and like talking about how bad this first shag was she ends up dating him for three years and for a long time I was like I'm gonna have to look at her walking down the aisle with this guy knowing about this in detail about the terrible sex they had and that's all I could think about it's just to say that your friends don't forget that stuff so Anyway, I hope that was helpful to my follower who wrote in. So I have a trip planned to Palm Desert coming up and I booked an Airbnb because I wanted to be with all of my friends. This house we booked has a beautiful pool. So you guys know I will be catching some rays and doing a little bit of tanning. I know a few friends who have houses and when they're away, whether it's on a trip or they're traveling for work, they just Airbnb their houses. So they're like actively making money while they're away, which is kind of the dream, right? Like passively making extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment with brand new releases and next listen recommendations. There's a story for every listener from classic favorites to exclusive thrillers from best-selling authors. Okay, so you guys, I listened to The Shards by Brett Easton Ellis on Audible and it was so scary. Okay, I was freaking out. I would be in my car listening to it and I literally sometimes would have to pull over because I was so engrossed in the story. It's set in Los Angeles. It is a mystery mystery thriller whodunit and it is so scary and it's so emotive and I literally was addicted to it I couldn't do anything else for like two weeks while I was listening to it audible members can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog new audible members can try audible now for free for 30 days visit audible.com slash tinks or text tinks to 500 500 that's audible.com slash tinks or text tinks to 500 500 to try Audible free for 30 days. Today is about reverse box theory. Okay, so by now, hopefully you know about box theory, my box theory in which men put women into one of three boxes when they meet them in a romantic setting. There's a whole episode about it. Go check it out. Okay, so I often get the question, well, what about us girls? What do we do? Um, and so a few disclaimers for this theory. Um, unlike box theory, this doesn't affect all women. Okay. It doesn't affect all women. It predominantly affects women in their twenties, especially in their young twenties. Okay. So, and again, doesn't affect everybody. If it doesn't affect you, God bless. It would have saved me a fuck ton of time if I had learned this earlier. Absolutely behemoth amounts of time. Okay. A lot of women in their young twenties prematurely put men into one box the date box, okay? Sometimes before they've even met him, right? Um, you know, they'll talk a couple days on Hinge. You know, they haven't even met, met this guy and they're already thinking, I want this guy to be my boyfriend. I want him to be my boyfriend. We really just have this one box, like, or at least I did in my young 20s. I was like, that was my goal. It was like a zero-sum game, which doesn't make any fucking sense because it doesn't take into account that you might not like the guy in person or that you actually don't know jack shit about him. Anyway, 
I digress. So a lot of women in their young 20s just have this one box. They're like, I want to date him. I want to date him. Why, you might ask? Well, media, movies, TV shows, uh, modern dating culture has given a lot of women a scarcity mindset. What does that mean? A scarcity mindset means there's not enough to go around. And this doesn't just affect dating. This affects jobs. It affects, you know, attention. It affects everything, right? A lot of women have scarcity mindset. There's like, they're like, there's not enough. Okay. And that in turn creates this, um, crazy stress around making someone your boyfriend and wanting someone to date you. It's like, the question on so many girls' mind is, is he going to like me? Is he going to like me? Stop. The question is, do I like him? And it's so painful because it's like, you don't even know this person and you put them in the date box. He doesn't get to go in the date box until he proves his worth. He doesn't get to be on this pedestal. And here's the problem with reverse box theory. It stresses girls out to no end. Do you know how many DMs I get? I'm so nervous for this first date tonight. It's not a job interview with cocktails. You're going to see if you vibe. The playing field is even. Okay? It's the pedestal pudding that really upsets me. Because... Okay, can you eventually put someone in in the I want to date him box? Absolutely, but he needs to show you that he's worthy, okay? Does he have a headboard? I'm just kidding. That's obviously a a non-starter if he doesn't. But it's like eventually over time he can go in that box, but it's like the premature putting of him in the box that's the issue. And it totally imbalances everything. That's what makes you feel so nervous before a date. That's what that's what kind of blurs your vision when you go on a date and it's not that good, but you're trying to make it work and you somehow find yourself tripping over this person that you barely know. It's also why when, you know, say you go on like three dates and maybe he ghosts you or soft ghosts you um, or just tells you that, you know, he doesn't want to date you or whatever. When you have a meltdown about it. It's because of this scarcity mindset, in part. It's because he was in the date box before you even knew shit about him. You were, like, planning your wedding. It's because we future trip a lot. And I talked about this on Instagram today, or this week, too. We future trip, we imagine. We see his profile. We see his picture with his mom. And we think, wow, she looks like she'd be a great mother-in-law. Wow, here's a picture of him skiing. I wonder if we'll get married in Aspen, you know? Our mind goes crazy and it totally makes you bajiggity going into the first date. It makes you feel like you have something to prove. It makes you feel like you have to perform. It makes you feel like you have to win this game. It's not a game, right? All a date is, is checking the vibe. It's checking compatibility. But like I said, the playing field is even. If anything, you are the prize, okay? You're the prize. You need to totally reframe your thinking about it and say, he wants to be in my date box. He would be so lucky if I ever put him in the date box. Not, oh my God, do you think that, uh, do you think he likes me? Do you think he's going to text me? Stop. Take a breath, take a breather, take a, take a beat. Um, and you really need to unlock from the scarcity mindset because it's, it, it really, really affects women. And I think like, you know, 
we see this seep in in so many different shows and movies and whatever. Like, you know, take Sex and the City, for example. And by the way, let me say, I grew up loving Sex and the City. I've seen every episode 500 times. And I know that at the time, it felt very revolutionary and very sex positive and very uh, feminist in certain ways. But here's my problem with it. Their entire, like, worth on any given episode was if they had a boyfriend or were they dating someone at that time and their entire happiness, it seemed like. And I just think that that's so detrimental because it that's not what makes you happy, okay? Do Does everyone want to find a partner? Of course. But you can't expect to become whole um, just by jo- joining with another person. And I think this is my whole thing about like how dating needs a rebrand. It's not this this zero sum game of like winners and losers. I mean, some people date to marry. Some people really believe that dating is only a vehicle to get to marriage. And that's not my belief. If 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 that's your goal, um, then that's great. And then they, then it's very clear cut. It's probably a pretty stressful experience. And I'm sorry for you for that. But um, for me, it's like dating needs to be about exploration, um, self-discovery, what do you like? And, and honestly learning a lot about, about what you need in a partner. So that's reverse box theory. I hope it was helpful. I'm so excited for this weekend. My two of my best girlfriends from Stanford are coming into town. So I'm so excited to show them LA. I mean, they've been to LA before, but not since my life has become quite different. (laughs) So we're going to go to Craig's. We're going to go to Malibu. We're going to go to all the spots. Hold on to your girlfriends, okay? Girlfriends make the world go round. I love my guy friends so much too, but God, there's nothing like a, a girlfriend who knows you super well. Cherish those friendships, you guys, especially. I literally get so heartwarmed when I get DMs and messages being like, well, we're, me and my girlfriends are, we're all 23 and we're living together and we're in the city and you know, this and that cherish those friendships. They ebb and flow. And I actually want to do a podcast about that because I know that in your twenties, it can be difficult because you know, you, you move away from people, people are in different stages of life. Um, <clears throat> but it's okay. They ebb and flow and your friends, your friends know that. And the, the, the key is to not stress about it as much as possible. Like I remember when we, when we all moved away, uh, when we were like 26, like everyone left San Francisco, like all my best friends, I was freaking out, freaking out. I was like, okay, but you promise like, we're all always going to have an hour of phone conversation every day. And it's like, things change. And, and they ebb and flow and people get married and have kids and they move away and they go to business school and they, you know, buy houses and start new jobs. And that's, everybody's doing something different at the same time. But, um, you just don't stress about it and just know that they're still your friends, even if circumstances have changed, things have changed. So I'm really excited about that. Okay. My mantra, my sermon, I've been doing this entire episode is basically a sermon on scarcity mindset and, and not, and knowing your worth, but my, I really want to drill it in, drill it home. So my thought for the weekend is it's not does he like me? It's do I like him? Reframe that. Just flip it in your mind. Okay. It will be so stress relieving. It'll be so, it's really funny because I actually, 
on Wednesday night, I ran into this guy who I dated when I first got to LA and I was in the hookup box so bad. I had hookup box denial, which is like my my new thing that I need to talk about next week, but I had complete hookup box denial. Um and I the truth is when I was with him, I didn't even really like like him that much. When I think back on it, I was just possessed by trying to win him over, right? Because sometimes being in the hookup box makes you go crazy and you you sh- you kind of go blind. You're like seeing stars. You're like, I just need to get him to like me, to date me. And it's like, he didn't make me laugh. He wasn't funny. He was kind of dry. But there I was, literally scheming, literally casting spells like a witch over a cauldron to try and get this guy to like me. And I wish I just said, Tinks, wait, do you actually like this guy? And the answer would be, no, you just like the sex. Anyway, um, it was so funny because I haven't seen him in two and a half years and I ran into him on Wednesday night. Um, so very interesting. Guys, I hope you have a wonderful, safe weekend with your friends. I hope you have fun. Um, I want you all to call into the live show. Uh, leave me a voicemail, 866-993-8267, or email me at itsmetinks at SiriusXM.com. I wonder how long it's going to take me to memorize those because I sure as shit have a hard time reading them every week. Um, remember to subscribe and follow the show on SiriusXM app, Stitcher, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. And most importantly, remember that I love you so much and have a great weekend. Bye, guys. Bye.